0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, managing editor at Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. If this is your first time visiting Fightful, we are a pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing website. We cover a lot of news and a lot of exclusive news. We have a full podcast network. We have a lot of exclusives. You can head over to FightfulWrestling, MMA, or Boxing.com and uh, check all those out. If, this is, uh, if you're just tuning in and check out a Bound for Glory Impact Wrestling show, And you want more Impact Wrestling, we have a premium service called Fightful Select where I cover that, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, Being the Elite, NWA-related stuff every week on the Fightful Weekender podcast. So check out FightfulSelect.com. Leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, help us out a little bit. We have lots of cool videos up. I have a couple of videos isolated from our Fightful Wrestling podcast from this week, talking about Mabel's King of the Ring Championship, the Rock's Brahma Bull Belt, lots of neat stuff. My match ratings for this Impact Wrestling Bound for Glory show will be up tomorrow morning. Let's go ahead and get into it. Now, in the preview, I, I said pretty clearly I don't have a lot of confidence in the booking of Impact Wrestling of late. I looked up and down this card, and I saw a lot of problems. I when I when I checked everything out, I was like, man, no tag team championships, no X division championship. Like, why couldn't you have done that? You have, I think, four tag matches. When all was said and done, sandwiched three of which sandwiched like right in the middle of the show. There's a lot of Lucha Underground light aspects of this, and and we'll go ahead and talk about it. Let's go ahead and get into it. Rich Swan and Willie Mack defeated Matt Seidel and Ethan Page. Uh, initially, I wasn't sure how I felt about the venue, but as it went on, I, I grew to to enjoy it. The ring looked like a 16 by 16. If it was, it was way too small. Whatever it was, was way too small, at least for how it looked. It looked like they were crammed in there and there was not a lot of room at ringside either. It was straight up dangerous. Uh, Willie Mack, however, is a bright spot on this show. He was one of the stars of the show in my estimation. As good as I liked, or as much as I liked the, the rich swan Willie Mack connection Man, Willie Mack seemed like he immediately, if you threw him in the main event scene in Impact Wrestling, he would fit in. He is something very special. I'm so glad to see him getting this extra shine, whether it be on Ring of Honor as a part of the NWA title storyline or Lucha Underground. He, he's always been on there. But now he's he's getting this shine on Impact Wrestling too, and I like it, man. I think that Willie Mack is something very special in his episode. Of 10 pounds of gold is one of my favorites so far. I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, he hung with Seidel every step of the way early on. And Matt Seidel did a really, really good job making Max seem even more agile than he was. And that, and he's plenty agile, but Matt Seidel is so good at just like throwing his arms out for a clothesline, not telegraphing it, like going really hard and making Willie Max seem even better. That's that's. That was Matt Seidel's job tonight. It was to really help Willie Mack look even better than he was, and he did that perfectly. It was really, really unselfish. Matt Seidel, a professional, uh, I really like that. Also, you got to highlight Ethan Page a little bit, and they did that as well. I did feel like he was a bit of an afterthought in this match, and that's saying something when Ethan Page can seem like an afterthought because he's really good. Uh, that being said, he was very good. The top rope body slam and the swanton, incredible he is a great addition to impact wrestling uh the crowd finally got into it after swan kicked out of those but early on mac was the only one over sidell Frankensteiner swan into a dragon run of uh ethan page so well, let's remember this swan on the top rope he gets frankensteinered by sidell does a flip and then frankensteiners ethan page really good I think this match just should have been a four-way for the X Division title. There's no reason there shouldn't be a title match. Uh, Miscommunication leads to a nice sequence where Rich Swann wins with the Phoenix Splash off the second rope. The last 40% of this match was just unreal, outstanding stuff. Outstanding. Willie Mack afterwards has to shill the Impact Bound for Glory sponsor Comda really hard. We got a press release from them last week. And I said, oh, you're sending us a press release for your your sponsor, eh? It was lame, man, but Willie Mack did about as good as anybody could. And then you go up to Josh Matthews and Don Callis who were like, oh, we have Comda pins and Comda hats. And there's this tight shot on the side of the ring. And boy, am I glad that this didn't continue throughout the night. This was so lame. You all better never, ever complain about my ads. I at least make them a good part of the show. Opening match, I thought, all things considered, for my personal tastes, I thought the opening match was the second best match of the night. And there's a lot of hit or miss as far as reception on this show. New York Open Challenge. Eli Drake comes out. Eli Drake is another reason why I was not particularly excited about this show, not because he was on it, but because he was on it in the cat in the way that he was. Now the, the guys at voices of wrestling said that there was an original plan for this that people would have loved, but it didn't, it didn't work out to say that this didn't work out the way that they planned is, is an understatement. Eli Drake is special. You don't have a lot of guys that have the gift of gab that had the type of charisma that an E that an Eli Drake have and that can go the way that he he does. So for them to waste this so often, like he's losing count-out matches to La Parca, and La Parca looked terrible in that match. Uh It's really frustrating. So Eli Drake trolls the New York Giants, the 1-5 Giants at ringside. James Ellsworth answers Eli Drake's challenge, and the crowd is not happy about it. Ellsworth says he's not from New York, but he dated a girl from Staten Island. I love that line. We get big, fuck you Ellsworth chance. And Drake is over as a baby face as a result. Well. Yeah, it's just people. Okay, here's the thing. Some people had talked themselves into thinking that Chris Jericho was going to show up for this show. Because he showed up for all in. For some reason, he's going to show up at the Melrose Ballroom for Impact Wrestling, who did 190,000 viewers on TV last week. I don't know who... I had never heard... I mean, I'd heard the rumor. I had never heard that that was going to happen. I never heard that Chris Jericho was a lock for Impact. Anybody who said that they did is, quite frankly, full of shit. He's made his, uh, they, they've reached out before. He's made his feelings known. Ellsworth does his, uh, any man with the two two hands has a fighting chance line, punches Drake. Drake eats a flying flatliner. That was very good from Ellsworth, actually. He goes for no chin music, but Eli Drake catches his foot, power bombs him. Drake takes too long and gets super kicked for two. And then uh, my favorite spot of all this was Ellsworth, Teasing doing a Styles Clash and it, it being an impact makes it even better. Instead, it's reversed and Eli Drake does two gravy trains because the crowd asked for another one. Some stiff ones, too, for the win. Drake takes to the mic and says that he's not done. He wants more competition. He wants Hall of Fame competition. Ole Ole says vintage bait and switch. No, not vintage bait and switch. They didn't advertise Jericho. Abyss obliges, Black Hole slams him, and Callus says on the mic, I thought he had to retire. When Abyss has been doing interviews for months saying, Well, I'm not retired, including to us. I have not enjoyed Callus on commentary lately, and that's saying something. Instead of playing commentator, he tries to really over promote things, I think, and I don't think it works. I just don't think it, it fits. Abyss chokeslams Drake through the table. I'm glad to see Abyss in this spot. He is incredibly deserving of his Hall of Fame spot, and to show how selfless he is, he you know he's working backstage. He's doing some agenting for Impact Wrestling, but he let his Hall of Fame speech at a bar and grill be turned into a wrestling angle. So. It shows you how unselfish that he is. This is his moment. He stuck around with Impact through everything. Through everything. When he could have had more money. When he could have had a program with The Undertaker. When he could have had any number of stuff. He stuck with Impact Wrestling. Somebody in the chat says, Jericho did promote, promote Bound for Glory tonight. Now he tweeted about it. Impact Knockouts Championship. Tessa Blanchard retains over Taya. I'm going to glow over this one. This was my match of the night, you guys. I thought this was a fantastic match. This was Taya's best performance. It's the most I've ever enjoyed a Taya match. And definitely her best performance in Impact Wrestling. Now, there were rumors that Tessa Blanchard had some attitude issues in the past. And that maybe prevented her from getting a WDB deal. I've heard that she's worked on that and that she's really come a long way. And as long as there are no issues that 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 I don't uh, that I don't know about, I would build this whole company around her at this point. Wasn't match of the year like Josh Matthews said, no. But I'd be reaching out to Britt Baker, I'd be reaching out to Eva Leese, I'd be reaching out to diamante to bring her back in i'd be reaching out to mercedes martinez i would keep bringing in really really good people to put around tessa blanchard because she is the most interesting thing on this show to me why is she the most interesting thing well she's not involved in some stupid alternate universe storyline she's not involved in some stupid work shoot she's not involved in some stupid gang war She's not involved in some stupid angle where she's got a manager who doesn't belong there, doesn't belong on the show, like Gama Singh. She is exempt from all that. Her actually not having the attention of the booking team, primarily, leads her to being more interesting, which should tell you about the faith that I have in in the booking there right now. There was a great early series that leads to a spear from Taya, and Tessa doesn't often work with a lot of people, who make her look like an underdog and make her look like she's being overpowered. But uh, Taya does that and does it very well. And I I like this version of Taya much better. Uh, Taya turns the tides after a uh, code breaker. Taya had kind of a lazy kick out after that, but she turns the tides with a German suplex, a hip attack in the corner and double knees. She is on tonight. She goes from superplex to guillotine, but then Tessa powers her up and, Taya had some size on Tessa, too. The crowd (laughs) hits us with a Tessa B ain't nothing to fuck with chant, which is, of course, a Wu-Tang Clan reference. And a great cutter gets a uh, two count. Taya does a big moonsault after a nasty-looking urinogi, but the camera angle change actually works to their favor. There's a beautiful surfboard stomp. Blanchard gets to the ropes on an STF. Uh, There's a, a road... To Valhalla, but Blanchard kicks out because the ref is out of place, fixing the ring apron briefly, but it didn't really affect anything. Taya kicks out of the very protected buzzsaw DDT and Blanchard gets Magnum for the win. I really love this. I want to know what you guys think. Leave it, leave a comment in the, in the live chat. If you're watching on YouTube, leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, hit that bell for notifications. And, uh, Tell me who you would like to see Tessa Blanchard work with. Taya hasn't been around. So, for her not being around, period, for months, I thought that this match had a good amount of heat. People knew who she was, all that. Somebody says, Hey, I like Gama Singh. What do you like? What do you like about him? I mean, entertainment is subjective, but what does he do? Doesn't make any sense. So, Tessa Blanchard, again, has a great match. What kind of a role is she on? Well, she had an outstanding match at All In. She had an outstanding match at Slammiversary. She had an outstanding match at Bound for Glory. I build around her. I look at this roster, and I'm like, okay, Kiara Hogan, that's a good one. Uh, I mean... Sue Young got murdered tonight, but God seems like they're determined in murdering everybody's career who's associated in that storyline. Scarlett Bordeaux, that ain't going to be the supporting player that Tessa needs. Alicia Edwards, no. Allie, I don't think so. Katerina, no. Rosemary, she's she's hurt. So right now you got Tessa, Taya, Kiara. Sue, Sue Young ain't it. Ain't it, Chief. So, you need some more supporting players. The ones I mentioned Eva Brett Baker, Mercedes Martinez. Those are three good bets, I would say. Unless Ring of Honor gets them first, I would say, I would have said Chelsea Green a while back, but I mean, she left. You don't need, you don't got to bring back Madison Rain and Velvet Sky and Angelina Love. That seems to be their go to. The beautiful people have like five comebacks apiece between them all. Freaks of Wrestling Podcast says, Tessa's beat everyone on the roster already. Yeah, they don't, they don't have a roster. And the thing is, Madison Rain came in and beat everybody on the roster, Tessa included. I, I had people defending that, saying, oh, Madison Rain needed those wins so she could be a credible challenger for Sue Young. Well, what's she doing now? She's over in Ring of Honor. She lost in the opening round of May Young Classic. No, you did not need to do that. You could have had Tessa get the super push, become champion, because Tessa is not the kind of person that needs to chase to be a champion. She needs to be chased. She is the final boss. What she has been able to put together from an in-ring, from a look, from a presentation standpoint, from a body language perspective, at 23 years old, is unbelievable. Is Alpha Female available? I think you all would be surprised to learn how unpolished Alpha Female is. Just because she was over in the Mayan Young Classic in that environment. Woof. Doesn't, doesn't work here. Doesn't work here. Tessa wasn't signed, though. Doesn't matter. Don't care. You don't put Madison Rain, who's working everywhere else, over somebody like that that you bring in and you're pushing hard. Eddie Edwards versus Moose. So, immediately, this match just turns into Killer Cross jumping in. By the way, Killer Cross is finished plausibly unrealistic. Now, the reason I have such a problem with this, and I talk about it on the Fightful Weekender podcast, at FightfulSelect.com, subscribe now, just $5 a month, get you our two Q&A podcasts a month. A retro podcast a month. Four or five weekly weekender podcasts where I review Ring of Honor, Impact, Lucha Underground, BTE, NWA. Also, at least four NXT 205 Live May Young Classic Review podcasts a month. Plus two Dark Match commentaries. All kinds of stuff over there. Fightfulselect.com. Do me a solid peep it out. The submission is not plausible. He is cutting off the windpipe with his hands and I guess the carotid artery with one of his arms and tries to have the person cut off their own carotid artery with their own arm like that. But you can't, it doesn't work like that. You have to fold it. The submission doesn't work. Edwards gets the win via DQ and it's it's a tag match because Tommy Dreamer comes out. It's New York, and it's kind of ECW territory, so you got to put him in the match, I guess. I don't know why you got to put him in the match. Dreamer fed Eddie Edwards beer like a mother bird does to its young. I am so glad I don't drink. Production completely misses Giants offensive tackle uh, Julian Ware shoving moose. Ware, who was like waived last month by the Raiders, I think. Some of the highlights of this match include Moose's big drop kick to Edwards and Eddie's top rope Frankensteiner on Cross. There's a really good extended strike spot, though, that I like between Eddie Edwards and Moose. It ends in a blue thunder bomb on Moose. Cross gets kicked right in the penis by Dreamer, but takes him out with a Doomsday Saito And Edwards rolls up Moose for the win. Didn't like this. This wasn't fun. Cross and Moose jump Edwards, hit him with a spear and a power bomb. So I'm like, what's the point of this match? First off, why is Eddie Edwards winning with a roll-up? I know, it must continue. It must continue. But why have him win if he's just going to get his ass kicked after the match? What, you got to get Tommy Dreamer over? Why? He's going to get the same cheer no matter what. Gotta do that. I I don't see the need of every show to put Dreamer on there. As nice of a guy he is, as he is, and he'll he'll get a nice little pop. That's cool. You don't have to put him on every show. And they took Eddie Edwards from a title contender and Moose from a title contender and made them an afterthought on this pay-per-view. Killer Cross is waiting in the weeds. I draw I drew a lot of comparisons to Moose and Monty Brown, not, not because of race, but they're a couple of football players. Former NFL players who took to wrestling like a duck out of water are really good. Looked like they could carry Impact or TNA on their shoulders. Lost their title matches and were put in positions to be cronies after that. Whew, man. Wasn't a fan of this. Also, the idea to put this on, this type of match on right before the OVE rules match. And then right before the Concrete Jungle death match, a lot of the layout didn't make sense. There's so much that didn't make sense. And if it seems like I'm piling on Impact Wrestling, it's probably because I am piling on Impact Wrestling because I watch it every single week and I see the changes that they made from a talent perspective and they have some good talent there. But then they render so much stuff ridiculous, trying to be somebody else. They do the thing like where they have the hands pointing in the, in the camera shot. like That's a ripoff of BTE. The the Alley storyline that we're going to talk about later, it's it's Lucha Underground Light. And as Carlos Toro, who covers it for us, says, Lucha Underground right now is already Lucha Underground Light compared to the first two seasons. We don't need a lighter version of that. So talk about the OVE rules match, another one not for me. To me, there was too much waiting around for spots in this match. This show had a lot to live up to after slam Slammiversary. Slamiversary was a great wrestling show. It was different. It was different. Callahan cuts a promo before this and says he draws ratings and buys, and considering that Impact's numbers are in the toilet, that is not something I would confess to. Again, no X Division title match. Early on, Pentagon like hilariously set his jaw up for a super kick. It's a cluster early. Uh, Callahan and Phoenix are on fire in this match, though. I really see them as the standouts of this feud. Jake Crist recovers well when when Cage can't catch him in a drill claw. So here's what happened. Uh, Jake Crist dove onto Cage off the apron, I believe it was, and Cage was doing the spot where he caught him in a drill claw. Crist, I I think the Chris brothers have gotten so much better since joining up with Sammy Callahan in Impact. I could have passed over every match they had before that. Now, they are, they are ring generals, and that's weird. I mean, it's not weird. They've been wrestling forever. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call QuickGrainger.com or just stop by. But Chris recognized that Cage wasn't able to hold on to him. He just went ahead, and he's like, you know what? We're not going to make this look bad. I'm going to escape out the back, push you into the post. Really good. Cage went with it. It was really good stuff. Uh, there had to have been 40 goddamn super kicks and bicycle kicks during this match. Like 40 of them. It was insane. If somebody could count, I would love it. Cage fall away, slams Jake Chris over the top rope onto the pile. I am not as in love with Pentagon's work as uh, many others are. It's a lot of super kicks and a lot of the same stuff that I see all the time. I see him on MLW. I see him on Lucha Underground. I see him on whatever indies he's on. And then this too. Phoenix, on the other hand, I see going out of his way to do something different all the time. Baby faces get a buckle bomb and a spear or a fear factor spiked on Callahan, but OVE break it up. Uh, the irony of a New York crowd messing up a, a you fucked up chant after Dave and Phoenix messed up and a modified all-seeing eye where Phoenix was on either cage or Pentagon shoulders. And then uh, Dave does tries to go for the all-seeing eye, but it falls. It looks ugly. Callahan pile drives pentagon on the apron. And then there is an all-seeing eye on Cage. But he kicks out of one at one, and it gets a big reaction. And it should. That's been a protected move. Cage no-sells it. Gets super kicked and bicycle kicked about 20 times. No-sells it a couple more times. But overall, he gets pile-driven, pinned by Callahan. The right man won. Callahan needed to win here. And it's, I think, a good way to beat Cage. But now you got a guy, the guy that just got pinned, he still got the title on him. And here here's the situation here. Cage got beat, he is the X Division champion. Doesn't lose it, so we'll, we'll see how that develops, but to me To me, it's almost disrespectful to the tradition of Impact Wrestling, the tradition of TNA that came before it, to not have an X Division Championship match on that show. What does that say to us, Sanjay Dutt, who's backstage there? I don't know, man. It's tough. Again, reminder, guys, I do cover Impact weekly on the Fightful Weekender podcast, FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe now. But you get all your free wrestling news over at Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. Concrete Jungle Deathmatch. So, this is what happens when you have middle-aged white Canadians writing a storyline about a Latino gang battle. This video package read like a way to get me not interested in a feud. I've said it before on these, these reviews. It's so much of, oh, where's the shipment? Oh, pep talks and talking. It's always the same with these two teams. And when you have so as many talented people involved in this storyline as you do, I find that inexcusable. Ole Samuel, Ole says, so Conan didn't book it? I don't know who booked it. I'm I'm assuming it was the white Canadians. It wasn't good. So the, the whole reason these guys haven't fought for months is that there was a ceasefire from their bosses. But then on Thursday, Conan says, ceasefire's over, and they fight. So why'd this match happen? If they wanted to fight each other so much for months, why on Thursday did they just not do the damn thing then? Can somebody explain that to me? Why? How'd they make it to this fight? Why didn't they just... They just said, okay, cameras are, cameras aren't rolling now, so we're just going to pack it up. Yeah, I buy that. Man, wow. So, the concrete jungle deathmatch, they take the turnbuckles off, set up tables in the corner. They take the canvas and the ring apron or the ring padding off, and immediately a piece of lumber pops up. Now, what that does is I explained this uh, before, but there are two types of rings, particularly there are lumber rings and there are plywood rings. Plywood rings are really low level indie stuff, lumber rings are what you see in WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor where you have boards that run parallel across this whole thing. Now, immediately what happened is one of those boards popped up. And once one of them pops up, it's really hard because they're made to all fit in there just right. So you can't slide that back in there. So then what you get is some boards collecting in the middle. And the ref, bless him, he's dumb as a box of rocks trying to move one of the boards while people are standing on it. But he did his best. He did his best to to take care of this. He had bodega rapping. He was he was good, but I can't tell you how dumb it is to have ten people in this ring jumping on the exposed boards. LaX is up, and they go they go. This is where Conan, and I'm thinking, is he dead? Like we just saw him by the shitter downstairs at the Melrose Ballroom. We saw that. I don't know. But watching the ref trying to keep it together uh, was was very, very funny. Hernandez pounces Ortiz through the table. Uh, we see a couple of spots on the exposed boards. King does a urinagi on Santana. Ortiz suplexes Homicide. Santana buckle suplexes King. Uh, Hernandez did a border toss on Homicide onto the pile outside. And my favorite spot of this match was LAX doing a thunderous superplex to Hernandez. Incredible! The best use of the exposed boards in my estimation. Conan shows up to a nice pop. Doesn't do much. A street sweeper and King wins it. Rough match for me. Is all right. Wasn't my thing, man. You'll hear me say that an awful lot about some of the stuff on this show. Shout out to our buddies at Pro Wrestling Unlimited in the live chat. They do a lot of great stuff. Give them a subscribe. All right, here we are. Let's talk about this Allie deal. Again, I don't like the LU light stuff. Allie gets help from Father James Mitchell to get into the undead realm. Now, why is she going to the undead realm, you may ask? Well, it's because they've kidnapped Kiara Hogan. Kara Hogan, who was a very big bright spot in uh, Impact Wrestling, trying to get her buddy back. Now, this is after Rosemary was abducted months ago, and she says, I'll never let anybody get abducted again. And the lead-up to this has been terrible. Well, Sue Young is there, of course. And what happens? Well, Allie slices Sue Young in the throat with a hatchet. Been on forever. Allie gets Kiara Hogan out of the casket, but she can't escape. Why is that? Because Father James Mitchell says, I told you I'd get you in to the undead realm, but I didn't say I would get you out. Okay. Fortunately, Rosemary's there, still recovering from a knee injury. Injury report every Friday, com Weekender podcast. She helps. Allie, get out there, but Allie is possessed. I cannot tell you how much I don't care. I swear to God, if they get Tessa Blanchard involved in this storyline, I will flip out. It's like these guys. Here's the thing. I, I'm not comparing the Matt Hardy broken universe stuff to Lucha Underground because it was so its own thing. But whatever they think that they had in that, they lost with Matt Hardy and Jeremy Borash. It's gone. It's done now. They don't have the tools to pull that off. Last year, it was funny. With Scott Steiner, it was funny. This year, this isn't good. Subjectively, according to me, this isn't good. There are going to be some people who defend it no matter what, and I don't really care to hear from them. This has got nobody over. Nobody over. Allie is a good wrestler, so it's quite a shame, says somebody in the chat. Yeah. Somebody says, (laughs) funny thing is, you guys will say Impact sucks, but tomorrow night, you will say Raw has had the best storylines when Raw has sucked over the past months. LOL. Playboy, I don't know what kind of show you think you're watching, but we review every show very, very, very objectively. We are very fair to every show and quite... Usually, I cover things on a show-by-show basis. So hit the bricks with that line of thinking. This was a poorly booked pay-per-view event supported by really, really bad booking in the storylines. When the storylines were there, Taya wasn't even there. She showed up on a TitanTron and had a title match. Man. Impact Wrestling World Championship match. Johnny Impact defeated Austin Aries to become Impact Wrestling champion. So Austin Aries posted a tweet, responded about a short joke that Johnny Mundo made, and he used like uh, some terminology he shouldn't use, and they turned it into a work shoot. Johnny Mundo or Johnny Impact got on TMZ and completely worked TMZ into saying, oh, I wonder if this is going to stick to script. And shocker, guys, it didn't stick to script tonight. Now, what I'll say is last night, total work. Come on, guys. The Hall of Fame thing, total work. But these two went at it early with some real wrestling and i had some people say wow it was stiff stiff stuff yeah it was it was good it was different i don't see it in impact wrestling i don't see stiff kicks like that i don't see chain wrestling like that i really like that how it how it started you know nobody was getting murdered with a hatchet so i'm good Johnny Impact does what I consider one of his best parkour spots ever. So I mentioned earlier how close the ring barricade was to the apron. Aries charges him and Impact jumps up one foot on the apron, one foot on the guardrail. Really good. Then does a moonsault press, got mostly leg on that. But it was good. Because so often it seems like we're waiting for Johnny Impact to just set up his parkour spot. He's leaning back while holding onto something. Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Then he does it and he jumps over somebody and then, bam, kick. Okay, we've seen that a million times. We don't need to see that anymore. Or he'll do it and the person will move and he'll roll through. We don't need to see that all the time. But this one was a great one. This was a snug, stiff match and it needed to be. Impact gets a 360 body press for two. A last chantry is applied, and then Aries throws some nasty knees that uh, Don Callis says would get him disqualified in MMA. In fact, they wouldn't. Uh, Johnny Impact did not have a knee down. He was not. He was not a downed opponent. So no, it wouldn't. A couple minutes later, he gets a flying Hurricane Rana. Impact bails on a starship pain. And this top rope Spanish fly, honestly, I don't know about you guys, but it looked to me a lot more like Aries caught him with a code breaker. And it kind of left the crowd confused. And we had an underwhelming two count from Johnny Impact. Throughout this period, the crowd was chanting for Aries, so Taya would kick in the, the Johnny Impact chance. The crowd would die in, die out, or they would get into it, then die out. Aries does this beautiful and gross Death Valley Driver on the apron where Johnny Impact's leg also hits the barricade, and there's this fantastic sell-off of it. Really good. He follows up with a 450, gets a two-count off of that. <clears throat> two super kicks and a starship pain get two for impact, and then his foot is on the rope after Aries gets him with a brain buster. So Aries isn't happy with Taya and almost gets pinned, a bad-looking backslide. But then it goes into a last chancery. Aries ends up diving out onto Taya, and I mean Taya got hit hard, real tough, into the throat. Impact goes off, starts attacking Austin Aries, hits a brain buster in Starship Pain for the win. Johnny Impact, who was on Survivor, I changed my pick this week when I realized uh So I picked Ares early on this week. And then when Impact offered up Johnny Impact for me to interview him, they mentioned, oh, he's on Survivor. And Melissa, our producer, is a big Survivor fan as well. I'm also a friend of B. Wynn, who is on that show. Uh, But I was like, oh, of course. That's why Johnny Impact has this title match. That's why he's going to win, because he's on Survivor right now. Anywhere that he is, they want him to be there with that title. So he wins. Taya didn't really get involved. Moose didn't get involved. Killer Cross didn't get involved. Johnny Impact becomes the the champion. So before we talk about the aftermath, we'll talk about Johnny Impact. He's freshly 39 years old and uh, took his longest break from wrestling earlier this year since 2014 to uh, film Survivor. He's a Triple A Mega Champion. Now he is the uh, the Impact World Champion. He was a Lucha Underground Champion. So I mean, he's the guy they're hitching their wagon to right now, and probably rightfully so. So after this match, now I just want to say this: I don't. I, I jumped right onto this podcast. I don't have insight about whether this is real, whether this is not real. I will find out, but. Austin Aries gets up immediately, no cell starship pain. After Impact beat him, then signaled up to Don Callis, flips the crowd off and walks out. Impact looked frustrated, Moose and Edwards or Moose and uh, Killer Cross didn't know what was going on. So, let's talk about this. The history of Austin Aries it's something that was capitalized on recently, the volatile nature of Austin Aries. He brings up his ex-girlfriend Zelina all the time. He last year when I reported that he wanted, he asked for his release. So he went on to say, Oh no, I didn't. Well, the person that, that the two people that told me that he asked for his release said, then why was he walking around saying I want out of here in the hallway? That's asking for your release. That's asking for your release. That's asking for your papers. You've heard a story about how he retired because he wasn't on Tough Enough and how he can be difficult to deal with. Here are the two possibilities. Either Austin Aries is incredibly unprofessional or this is a work shoot. Either way, they're both terrible. If this was a work shoot, they had a guy get up on their pro wrestling show after a 20-something-minute match, no-sell, all of Johnny Impact's offense, and then walk out. Made your new champ look like trash. Or Austin Aries is unprofessional. Either way, Austin Aries was in the wrong here because Austin Aries should have said, if this is a work, he should have said, hell no, I'm not doing that. That's the dumbest storyline I've ever heard. I mean, not the dumbest you've ever heard, but it's very WCW 2000-ish. It's so dumb. If it is a work, having a company scream we're unstable when they have had a rich history of instability is stupid if it's austin aries going into business for himself man what an ass hope he doesn't get bookings anymore because there were people who worked really hard on this show leaving myself open to both possibilities Somebody says, WDCW 2000 is better than the current WWE product. Don't be a dumbass, please. Not on my stream. So, Johnny Impact's the champion. They're going to have tapings throughout this week. They announced this uh, today, however. They would be going back to the asylum, the fairgrounds. And uh, they would... uh, be doing homecoming January sixth. I'm gonna try to go to it, and get some work done. Next pay per view, WCW 2000 wasn't that bad, but it still sucks. Yeah, it was terrible, man. It was it was absolute garbage. It was absolute garbage. I mean, it's frustrating when they come off of a show as good as Slamiversary, and then they set up their show and they're like, you know what? No tag titles. Who needs them? No X-Division Championship. Who needs it? You know what we'll do? We'll put a no disqualification tag match, an OVE rules tag match, and a concrete jungle death match back to back to back on the show. You ever heard of a palate cleanser? Come on. No, WCW 2000 was not better than this. WCW 2000 had nothing nearly as good as the opening match or Tessa Blanchard and Ty Valkyrie. It didn't. It didn't have any characters as interesting as Sammy Callahan. It didn't have any in-ring performers as good as Phoenix. It didn't have anything, anything like that. So there you go. You got Impact Wrestling. Either you got a guy going into business for himself or you have a really terrible, terrible work shoot. Guys, subscribe, FightfulSelect.com. We review Impact, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, NWA, being the elite all week. Even if you don't want to subscribe, I have a playlist full of content here on YouTube.com slash Fightful where you all can check out free preview content. I have dark match commentary, Q&A shows, alternate commentary lots of stuff that might entice you to subscribe it is the best way to support Fightful. we are an independent site of wrestling journalists mma journalists boxing journalists and uh your support really helps so visit fightful.com follow me at sean ross at follow us we have three handles at fightful mma at fightful wrestle at fightful online thank you guys so much until next time leave us a thumbs up subscribe we are out